Hey, welcome to Not Your Average Hunter. My name is Ethan Mathias, and thanks for joining me on Season 2. On this episode, I've got Mason Norman with Arkansas County Guide Service. He competes in duck calling contests all across the U.S. Looking forward to hearing a little bit more about what he has to say. Hope you guys had a great first split. We've got the second opener coming up this weekend. Finally got some rain in the forecast. Just need some cold weather to push in. Either way, hope everybody has a good hunt. You can find Mason's uh, social media contact information in the bio of this podcast. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate all the support. And like I said, if you ever have any questions, feel free reach out to me anytime. What's going on, Mason? What's up, man? How's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm glad to have you on tonight, man. Excited about this one. Oh, yeah, me too, man. I'm super pumped. Super pumped. Been wanting to be on one for a while. Well, now's the time to shine. I heard that, man. Well, Mason, go ahead and tell everybody who you are if they don't already know. My name's Mason Norman. Uh, I am from Midway, Arkansas. Um, I am a full-time electrician um, trying to do the trying to do the guiding deal. I'll do more guiding than I've done in the last previous years. Um, hopefully one day it'll turn into a little bit more. But, uh, man, I just grew up in a small town around here, and hunting was a big part of my life growing up. And I really, um, really didn't do much else. I either hunted or fished. And if it was in season, I was doing it. And um, I never really got out and partied and did anything else. I just stuck to the, to the hunting and the fishing and the, the playing out in the woods. And man, it was just life growing up. But um, pretty much, if anybody around here knows me, I'm the I'm the hunting man. That's all I do. <laughs> hey, that's a good title to have. <laughs> Yes, sir, man. It kept me out of trouble growing up. I can tell you that. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, as far as growing up in Arkansas, you know, uh, it seems like everybody that grows up in Arkansas, you know, you either immediately start duck hunting or you're a deer hunter. And, yes, sir. You know, I, I talk to guys all the time. I, I have to talk to everybody at the gas stations. Like, man, I could care less about duck hunting. All I want to do is chase this buck. <laughs> but, hey, I – I do the same thing sometimes, man. I get tied up in them chasing them big bucks, but man, anymore I try to get it done and knocked out before deer, uh, duck season shows up. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man, I don't blame you on that. I, you see good deer in Arkansas, but man, once duck season kicks off, it's hard to th- focus on anything else. Absolutely. What? How? Uh, how was y'all's first split? Man, the first split was epic. Man, it um, it's really a blessing. Uh, I've been at I've been at Arco for a couple of years now, and if I was to say, man, it was it was probably one of the best openers we had. Like I was saying earlier, uh, earlier on today, I think I hunted probably five or six full days, and I broke I broke three hundred round three hundred last week with specs and uh, spec snows and ducks. So that's awesome. And it was epic. We had some epic hunts. Um, I think five out of the six days were were limits so it was it was awesome man it was best opener we could ask for oh yeah you can't can't beat that as far as conversations you've had with other guys how did uh how the other guide services in that area do compared to you guys man to be honest with you uh i talked to a few people from a few places you know the way everybody seems you know they shot them pretty good the first day or so um but we kind of got quite a bit of land to run man and it seems like there's kind of feathered out after the first couple of days. And I may be wrong. I may be speaking by just what I've heard from who I've talked to. Um, but, 
man, our stayed picked up the whole time and kind of was pretty consistent. But uh, but I've heard stories of people saying that theirs was kind of slow, and then I've heard people that said theirs was a banger all week like ours were. So, yeah, um, and I think if you had water or you had ducks, I mean that that's just to me that's just how it was. There wasn't absolutely. much water, and we had good weather. Just and you had water, you had ducks. Absolutely, and you said it—the weather, man. I don't think I've seen an opening day like that, and probably it's probably been four or five years that the opening day was uh, almost freezing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been longer than five years. I promise Shoot, you that. Man. It's been a you, while. You ain't lying. It, it's it is hard to get nowadays. Shoot, I remember back when I was a kid, it was freezing by shoot November first. It was cold. Now, man, it's. We're over here praying for a cold front the first week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, normally our running joke is you got to bring bug spray with you up in a weekend. Absolutely. No, you ain't lying about that. That ain't no joke, especially down there. Them things are big as mosquitoes. <laughs> they're big as, uh, like, mosquito hawks. I'm so oh, yeah. Uh, the, the downside to it, man, we finally got the weather to cooperate with us weather-wise. Just no rain. I mean, it, Absolutely. We, it, we're never going to have a year, it seems like, where we just – have that perfect storm with rain water levels being right and cold temperatures and a good wind no it, it's either one of the one extreme to the other and you know you know how you've how you've noticed the last week it has really went to the the wet extreme <laughs> oh in yeah one week i mean we've went from having little to no water to in the next week there's gonna be a lot of places with water so oh, yeah, that's what we've been praying for, man. Bring it absolutely. on. Absolutely. Now, now we need to get the weather back. The weather's hot <laughs> now, but maybe next week it'll start coming back. So yeah, I was gonna say we're at least getting rain. But yeah, as far as the weather goes, I'm sure you've been checking it. North of Arkansas, pretty mild wind. I mean, yeah. even north of us, it doesn't look like there's gonna be much of a push. But we'll see what happens. What uh, what are your predictions for for this weekend, man? I uh, I was down around that area uh, doing a little bit of work with a uh, at the guide service this last past weekend and uh, man it looks pretty good um, if we get what I saw um, and I've been talking to back and forth to Chad and and Gordon and all a few of my guide bu- guide buddies down there and they're saying we're picking up a few birds which we've never really lost them um, they did move out a little bit but there was a few fields that stayed the same. But, man, all around, there was a lot of ducks that seemed north of Stuttgart, like right north of Stuttgart, not far. And usually if they're right in there, they'll trickle down as the weeks, you know, as the weeks go on, people start shooting, birds start spreading out. Um, the geese have really started to move in. But, man, it in the, at this time when it's like this and it's kind of the, the same temperature, it ain't nothing freezing cold. We just really need drastic storms, to be honest. That's something I've noticed. You know, big thunderstorm lines roll through. It starts making birds a little uh, confused, I don't get, I guess. And them things go to shifting all over the place, and especially if you get a big, strong windstorm or a thunderstorm, they'll start pushing around. They may push west, east, or, or north, but they'll push. So well, that's, that, that's something we've got coming for us probably in the next night or so and then i know i seen uh, in the future forecast next tuesday and wednesday again they're calling for another good little round of storms so well. but we're supposed to get cooler weather oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I've it, seen it's it. no doubt we'll get i've seen it blow them out too man i've seen i've seen the people and uh us included have birds and be man we're stoked for the next day and then a storm rolls through and you wake up the next morning and it's a whole nother ball game 
<laughs> I mean, man, t- talk about that. It came through last year, man. It We were plumb full of ducks. That tornado came through. It touched down like Augusta by us and then jumped over the Mississippi into Tennessee all the way to Kentucky. Man, there wasn't a duck one out anywhere on our place the next day. Nope. No, and I was about to bring that one up because that was one of those deals that it worked out for the best for us boys down south um, because up towards White Oak and all those places, they were holding a lot of birds up on that up in that area in northeast Arkansas. And I was hearing from it from people that I know who hunt up there, and I was like, man, I wish we could really get some of them. And not in that way. Absolutely not in that way. That was not a good Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know it was a blessing for us, but for others it wasn't, but. That's one way it works out sometimes, I guess. So uh, It was funny because I was talking to my buddies down in uh, Tunica, Mississippi last year that same weekend. And, I mean, Tunica, Mississippi hadn't, hadn't been so hot. Sorry to offend anybody that hunts down there. But the past few years, it's been pretty slow down there. And uh, I talked to them that, that next Sunday, and I was like, hey, you know, just checking in with you guys, make sure everything's okay. And they were like, man, all the birds in Arkansas came straight to Mississippi because, you know, that's a quick flight for a duck. Oh, shoot, yeah. yeah. They said they waxed them. Oh, yeah. I heard a lot of that, man. And and a lot of our birds, it was kind of a weird situation. I don't know if they could feel the energy of the storms or what, but, man, a lot of our birds went to Louisiana, and Louisiana was shooting our birds that we had the day prior, and they were shooting <laughs> the birds that, that Missouri and y'all had day prior. You know what I mean? It was, oh, yeah. It was crazy. It's crazy how much ground they can cover in that short amount of time. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've heard in uh... – in Arkansas, they say a duck can fly from the top to the bottom of Arkansas in under four hours with a 20-mile-an-hour wind. Oh, I absolutely believe it. i seen a deal a couple of years ago, now that you bring that up, uh, where a hen mallard was flying from uh, Shreveport to Stuttgart to eat. I don't know if anybody has seen that, but or she was flying there, and she'd stay in Stuttgart for a couple of days and fly back to Shreveport. That's, a, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of traveling. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so, Mason, I, I want to know, when did you get into the guide game? And, like, what what was kind of your motivation to get into it? Man, I um, long story short, I, uh, I was brought into it duck hunting probably around – I think I was around nine. Um, my family never grew up duck hunting. Uh, we were big turkey hunters and big deer hunters, obviously. But um, we – we, I never really got into it until then, until a local buddy took me, and it kind of sparked my flame then and went on to um, trying to do the stage, Main Street, uh, professional calling with um, Butch Richenbach. He taught me pretty much everything I know. And uh, anyways, uh, long story short, that led to a few people that I had known that owned a little guide service in Star City, and uh, I started helping them out because I knew a guy. And, uh, man, it, it just – took to me because I was like, man, you know, you can hunt and enjoy these people, meeting all these people from all over the place. And, um, you can, you can learn all kinds of things and you get to shoot ducks and make a little money at it. And I was like, shoot, that's what I want to be right there. I mean, I've, that's all I wanted to do was hunt ever since I was old enough to dream, make a dream. You know what I mean? That's always been my dream. And, uh, Long story short, that's that's how I got into it, and shoot, from there on, I just, I left the place I was helping there for a little while, I'd help them out whenever I could, obviously, I was still in high school, and, um. Oh, so you were but, guiding back in high school? Yes, sir, yeah, I was helping oh, out during high that's school. that's awesome. 
And um, long story short, I went a while and um, got into the calling world and really started doing a lot of competitions and stuff, um, main street competitions. Met a few cut down people that led me to Gordon Bragg. And I can't thank that man enough. Um, he has helped me get where I I am now um, on the guidance side. Uh, brought me to met, ch- meet Chad and Chad's family. And, man, one thing led to another. And they seen the talent I had. Um, and I'm blessed for it. And one thing led to another. And he goes, man, you could really be down here helping every weekend if you wanted to instead of just hunting. I'm like, shoot, count me in, man. <laughs> let's go. And I was like, let's do it. And my wife was like, shoot, let's do it. So. Man, one thing led to another, and they brought me in like family, and it it has uh, been a blessing. And shoot, I don't know how many times I've told Chad, I'm like, man, you're making my dream come true down here. Shoot, I've always <laughs> wanted to do this. So when when you were guiding in high school, it's not it's not kind of it's not a situation where you're going to have younger guys home with you every weekend because you're younger. When you step into a blind and you've got you know handful of forty year olds and all these <laughs> other older guys, yeah. How was, how was their response to, this kid's gonna take me hunting? You know, yeah. I'm paying money. You know, how, so kind of so get the, run me through a scenario. How did, I knew how did all that play? I knew where that was going, and and if and if, anybody that knows me, um, I'm finally getting a little age on me now, but uh, I'm 25 year old and I look like I'm 15, um, and I still get that <laughs> asked to me today. They're like, and you're taking us? Yeah, how old are you, man? I mean, <laughs> it still happens, but um. But, man, the way it was is I would help the older men out, and I kind of was really just to help. But believe it or not, I, I mean, I did a lot of the calling because they were really just, like, stunned at how well I could run a call. And, like I said, all that's thanks to Mr. Rich, uh, Richenbach, but, Butch Richenbach. But, man, it was, uh, it was a funny deal because I don't know how many times I was asked, and to this day I'm asked, man, how old are you? Or I believe you're doing this. I mean, shoot. And man, I, and I can't, I can't leave my dog out of the picture too. She's still my baby now. She's uh, but she's not no baby no more. She's about, she'll be nine years old next year. And uh, she made me look like a champion, man. She, uh, she was a dandy dog and she is still going now. But um, yeah, those scenarios were crazy. I've laughed a lot because people are like, man, you look like you're, you're 12 years old. I'm like, oh, well, I kind of, I'm a pretty young, but I ain't that young. So. <laughs> but yeah, they would they were very stunned. They, I wanted to be bigger than just hunting local. You know what I mean? Um, oh, absolutely. I wanted man. to do, Especially... I wanted to kill more ducks just than the local wood ducks and mallards. So. Hey, I mean, y'all's website, you got plenty there. Listen, man. I love it, seeing it. Like I said, he has built, he has built probably one of the best, best organizations and we're still we're still going and man he he runs around and and he does a lot of work man it's he he is he's a go-getter and uh like i said he has built something that a lot of people couldn't build and and man we are if you ask me we got some of the best guys around um we we're a good group of dudes and all of us are pretty good killers um and so if you show up, it's we're, we're business most of the time. We like to have fun, but we're business. So, Yeah, I was going to say, so Chad, Chad's the owner, correct? Chad, Chad Lloyd is the owner of Arkansas County, yes, sir. That's awesome. I was going to say, I'm looking at y'all's lodge right now. It looks pretty neat. Give, uh, for everybody who hadn't checked it out, kind of give me a rundown of what, what all you can expect Man. to see once you get out there. We we have a couple different lodges. Um, we have some down on the White River. Um, 
and um, near Duvall's Bluff. We have some down there. Um, we have two or three down there. Uh, a couple behind it that uh, but a couple buddies that we we lodge with um, that we'll lodge with. We really don't have one big main lodge. Uh, there's one. There's one um, that he's been trying to build uh, in the last couple of years, but you know, COVID's kind of put a hurt on some of the stuff like that. Um, but uh, man, he he's bought up a bunch of houses that we we clean up, and he cleans up, and and I do some of the the work on them and help him do a little bit of work on them and stuff, and we clean them up and man make them into lodges, and they turn out beautiful. Um, it's pretty handy and, when one of your guides is electrician. <laughs> yeah man it is it is i uh i try to do the best i can for them guys they've helped me out so i help them out kind of thing so they uh they always keep me busy usually chad's pretty good about keeping me busy so and i was gonna say it so uh, uh, now that I'm, i know you're an electrician uh you guys have any permanent blinds where you're running a bunch of hardwire decoys you know what kind of yeah. environments are y'all hunting in our creek blinds, uh, there it's in a buckbrush creek down south of Elmira. Um, we we have a lot of guys, a lot of our, the creek there. Those are the creek guys. That's where they stay, and um, they got all kinds of wires and all kinds of switches and lights in our blinds. And man, it's a pretty neat little setup. Actually, it's a <laughs> it's kind of like wiring a house. It's it's pretty neat. But they got switches to their mojos and switches to their their butt ups and their pulsators and they got they got switches to everything. It's 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 pretty cool to see. Yeah, it almost sounds like Higdon Farm, man. You walk I, in, whole whole pond's lit up with LED lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's kinda like it, man. You pull up in the blind and turn the LED on, turns the lights on and they're little uh those little um oh what you call them. Them little tape lights like you can get at Walmart or whatnot. You, they oh, got yeah. little rolls of them in there with green lights you can see in. So he posted actually posted a picture today of one of the blinds that has a um, some of them green lights in there, just so we can see enough to move around. You know what I mean? Hey, it helps out when when it's pitch black, man. I, there, there's no street lights in Arkansas. Heck no, not down there. There ain't. <laughs> <laughs> the only light you can see is Stuttgart once you get out of town. Yep, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Well, so with with all the other guide services in Arkansas, I mean, shoot, I I've never counted how many there are, but what do you think separates y'all from everybody else? Man, one thing that separates us is I do believe is our work our work ethic, man. Um we don't get me wrong, here and there it's hit or miss. It, it's duck it's hunting. At the end of the day, sometimes most times we have good clients and most of the times when we have those days they, they understand. But man, it's duck hunting, but we're gonna work our butt off to get you on ducks. The day before and change up everything um or what whatever we got to do we got guys riding every evening looking for ducks and, and specks and geese and whatnot to hunt the next day and um and man the work ethic that chad puts in and gordon scouting and man his dad that's that's what that's what's got them to where they are um in my belief and chad is a hard worker and when he sets his mind to something that's 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 what's gonna happen so <laughs> oh yeah well i was gonna say i mean shoot i I'm reading here. It says you'll have, you know, access to over 40,000 acres, 40 plus bonds. I mean, yo, that's some ground to cover. I mean, that man, it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, I've been there helping and guiding for about three years now and I haven't seen all of it. So if that says anything to you, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of places. He'll be like, you're going to so-and-so. I'm like, 
I've never been there. He's like, well, let me send you a pen. They go over and look before you go. So that's awesome. Well, so are y'all pretty much on, you know, fields or timber or sloughs or what? Man, we've got we've got a little bit of everything. Um, we lease a lot of fields just strictly because, you know, that's – I wouldn't say it's a safe bet. Um, but it's, it's got its time and place. You know, it's, it's got its time and place. And most of the time during the early season, you're going to shoot ducks on fields. Um, and you're going to shoot geese. That's the good things because you can turn it into a combo hunt in, in no time. It depends on if there's a feed that's set on your field or if you've got a – a traffic coming over to the top. I mean, it's, it, it depends, but man, most of the time we're hunting, uh, we're hunting fields. Um, got a bunch of buck brush holes and every year, countless years, we're picking up new stuff. Um, he's picked up a few bulls and ox bowls in the last couple of years. And we're just now dabbling into a little bit of those, um, trying to figure out how to hunt them and, uh, what ways we can set blinds in them and picked up two reservoirs, a couple of reservoirs this year that are doing well. Um, but man, the timber, the timber is hard to come by. <clears throat> we have a few, uh, but you know, like Chad says though, it's kind of hard to hunt timber because um, you just never know what you're going to get with it. You know what I mean? If, and especially if it's a small block of timber, if it's something like Bayou Meadow or some of these private woods that stay flooded and can be flooded by a pump, yeah, you know, you, you're going to have more consistency. But if you've got woods that only flood when it when it floods, like when the rains come, like right now, then then you know it's kind of hit or miss. You can't you can't promise a client kills. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it, it's more of a safe bet. But it, we've got we've got some buck brush our buck brush blinds on the creek and some other buck brush and um, little timber holes kind of half half timber half buck brush holes and willow holes around it that we do really really well on just because they're consistent and they're a consistent body of water that always stays always stays flooded usually so oh man you can't be a little timber buck brush mixture when it's cold and sunny man that's that's no. my favorite spot oh yeah especially if it's got a little wind to it man they'll get out there and you they'll start dropping down really really low and they'll start working that top of that buck brush and oh, yeah. man, if you can convince them <laughs> to come over there, when they kick their feet down, they're not 20 yards up, 15 yards up. So it's fun, especially with them little teal. Woo-wee. <laughs> oh, that, can get, that can get messy in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. That's what good days are made of. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I'll shoot so, them little suckers every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so I got to know, so what, what's the trick? What's, uh, what's the most productive landscape for shooting greenheads out there? Man, it's kind of that's kind of a hard question. I know, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's hit or miss because you you may be on a field, a rice field, and they might have found the little little grain that might have got left behind, and they may be hammering it. Uh, we got some ground that is very very consistent with mallards, and um, usually it stands true. Uh, last, I'll, I'll make it short, but um, last last weekend of the split. I didn't shoot into them, and I, you know, it's one of those deals you kick yourself after it's over with. But I'm a, I'm a work into the whole, you know, if the whole bunch does it, we'll finish them. But if 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 they don't, I don't like busting up a big wad of mallards unless I know we're fixing to have a rain out or or we're fixing to have a good shoot. You know what I mean? And I had probably 150, 200 mallards working me. Honestly, the the sounds and the and the sights of that it was worth it more than, I mean, just as much as it was shooting into it. You know what I mean? 
my clients are all in wow watching them. I mean, they're all looking through the little peepholes going, wow, that's a lot of ducks. I mean, some of them are 10 yards, five yards above the blind. They just never would get together. Um, but I would say, man, just, just my experience with it. Um, we'll have good mallard hunts on the, in our buck brush in our Creek blinds and stuff. Uh, but our most consistent has to be rice fields. It has to be. Oh yeah. Oh, there's um, so much available food and easy access is. and visibility. Yeah, there is. And, and they'll, and when they load up in that stuff, man, they load up thick. If you'll let them load up and let them get thick, they'll, they'll really get thick in that stuff. Yeah. Our, uh, do y'all have any, uh, more soil units? Uh, we actually do. Um, we got one right now that, um, that actually, I talked to Gordon today and he said that there was quite a few ducks on it the last days of season and we just overlooked it. I mean, when you got that much ground, you just, you really, you really focus on the ones that are shooting and you're like, well, you know, they're still shooting. Let's keep shooting them. And you know, you overlook places like that, but yeah, we've got one that's, that's, um, pretty good size. It's got a big, huge blind in it and it's been loaded up, but I think we have maybe one or two more soil units and usually they consistently hold ducks. Um, I was going to say, if y'all, nobody hunted it yet, man, y'all are doing it right by letting, letting some of those hot spots rest and <coughs> build up more birds. Oh yeah. That's man. That's one thing about, that's one thing about Chad that I've learned. Um, and he may say opposite, but I, that's one thing about him is he likes letting them build, which I, I don't blame him at all because you know, if you can have that one good shoot and then you're shooting consistent everywhere else, heck, why not let them build? You know what I mean? Let them build up and build you a good group of clients and take them in there and have a, have a banger. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. That might be what happens this weekend. I don't know who's going to be the lucky man to go over there, but maybe it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's play this scenario out. So for this weekend, you know, we got rain in the forecast. We don't have much wind. Temperature's not super cold, you know, high 52 on Saturday. What uh, what are you thinking as far as where, how you want to set up? You know, woods, field? What Man, are you thinking? it all depends on the rain. And, now, and I'll say that there's a lot of people that, that do like hunting in the rain, and there's a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, I'm sleeping in. But I can tell you right now, if it's raining, I'm going to a field. And if I'm in a field and it's raining, I'm probably going to shoot them. And that, and that's my hope for Saturday. My hope for Saturday, when they took that rain chance out of our forecast, they took a rain chance out like Sunday or Monday. I was like, dang it. And then they brought it back. I was like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Because, I mean, man, they, just, they don't know. But, man, maybe the good Lord willing, maybe we will have some rain. And if it would stay consistent, you know, not – it don't need to be a mist. It needs to be a heavy mist if it is. But if it's heavier than a heavy mist, Man, they're they'll hit that field over and over and over again, and that's what I hope it does. To be honest with you, and I know I know getting wet sucks sometimes, but if you're shooting ducks, I don't care. Yeah, I could care less what the weather. <laughs> I could done. care less. I'll, I'll I'll wear a t-shirt if that's what it has to be. <laughs> yeah. So we uh we've got this one field and we had some we had some okay water on it. I mean, you you could float a decoy in, but it just it wasn't exactly where we wanted it and uh it was holding a little bit of birds we, nobody hunted it like i said but i think that's gonna be the hot spot for this weekend at our place oh absolutely if, if y'all been letting it rest and there's birds been there and if it starts if like i said if it's trickling rain or if it's raining heck it can be too heavy you know it's one of those deals it's kind of like the weather you was talking about earlier 
we can't get the perfect storm, but if it could be the perfect storm and it could just just rain, not heavy rain and not light rain, then man, it'll be good. I promise you. I promise uh, you that for sure. Oh man, I'm I'm counting down the hours. Oh, trust me, uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. So, My trigger finger is getting very itchy, and I know a lot of clients who are ready to be here. So, well, man, if I if I hadn't hunted in Indiana this past weekend, man, I I would have been way too jacked up. I wouldn't be able to sit down. Oh, I don't blame you at all. I, I'm telling <laughs> you, you'd feel like me right now. I'm I'm ready to go. I wish I could go down tomorrow and go to town on them, but. Uh. <laughs> You guys made me way more familiar with this than I am. Uh, I was listening to, uh, I think it's called Off the X podcast earlier this week, and they had this guy named Brent Birch. He's a waterfowl uh, writer. Seemed like a good guy. I'd never heard the name before. Started looking into him, but he made a pretty neat point about guide services and all this other stuff. But And I, I don't know how many y'all hunt with your goose guides and all that, but he was saying, you know, when you have 12 or plus guys in a group, you know, they've got 20 guys, 40 guys, however many they'll bring out for some of these huge goose hunts. He's saying that he's noticing a huge shift in specs and snows. And he, he's he essentially was, you know, contributing all that to large groups of goose hunters kind of pushing snow geese and specs out of the state of Arkansas. I was curious on your thoughts on that. Man, uh, that can go both ways. Um, I do a lot of, I, I've, I've, this year is my first real, um, really good start to doing my own, uh, fourth spread. We run four spreads, um, sometimes when we're overbooked and I'll run the fourth spread. And if I'm not running the fourth, I'll help someone. Um, Eric Rice is who I really been helping and, uh, and Tyler and man, wait, there's a noticeable there's a little bit of a noticeable difference, but there's not really a difference on them moving out. It educates them by, by no means it educates them. Um, but one thing I, I will say that I think will eventually come to happen um, right now. I think we should have a great time doing what we're doing now. And, you know, if you can, if it's, if it's at all possible and I might look down, be looked down at this, but if it's at all possible shooting a, a 10 group or a 12 group, you start getting into the groups higher than that. And it starts getting a little dangerous. So we try to stay away from that. Um, that's one good thing about us. We really, really won't hunt huge groups often. We do sometimes, but not no, not no 20 plus. Um, if we got one or two guys that's left out and they want to go and it makes 15, 14 guns then you know, we'll, we'll make room, but we're really not going to shoot over, over 15, 20 guns, um, in a blind. I think it's kind of dangerous to be honest, but, um, but man, one thing I will say about it is, is they're eventually going to get like snows. I believe, I mean, you know how, if you've snow hunted, if you've hunted a snow feed, if you're not on the feed and you're, you're not really going to kill very many snow geese unless you have one heck of a spread. Um, and I'm, you know, like I said, somebody else may say different, but, um, I, I personally think I'm, I'm helping and guiding with one of the best snow goose hunters I know. And, uh, he thinks the same thing. I mean, eventually what I'm getting at is that specs will probably eventually get that way. You know, right now on specs, you can run traffic. If you've got a, if you've got a feed behind you and your roost is, is a, you know, half a mile away, if you're running that traffic on them, you don't have to be on the X and you can still kill your limited specs. Absolutely, uh, but snows—it's impossible. You know what I mean? It's—it's—it's it's, it's not impossible, but 
you really have to have the right thing going for you that day in order to shoot traffic snows. I mean, or you convince the specs that are with the snows to come in, then the snows will follow them. But besides that, you're not going to just get a, a thousand to 500 snows to commit to a, a, a spec traffic. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, the part of the reason I wanted to bring that up is because, so like I said earlier, hunted in uh, Indiana this past weekend and, you know, I was fully expecting us to shoot a bunch of Canadians. I was all jacked up. Me and my buddy were like, this is it. We're finally going to get on a huge Canadian hunt. You know, we don't have them in Arkansas, but it was interesting talking to them. They, uh, they had, you walk in their shop, man, it's unreal. They've got hundreds and hundreds of these giant full body Canadian decoys. And I was like, let's load them up guys. Let's do it. And they started laughing at me. They're like, dude, we don't have Canadians anymore. I was like, what are you talking about? We're in Indiana. You know, you got to have them. And uh, they were like, well, come down, check out our field. We pulled down. I mean, I felt like I was in Arkansas. There's snow geese everywhere. And, uh, you know, so I was like, all right, probably going to shoot a few snows. Sure enough, the next morning, there's specs everywhere. And he was like, man, within the past year or two, it's a new development. We're starting to see more and more specs every year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's another thing, you know, and, um, and I'm not old enough to know it, um, but but Gordon and Chad are. Uh, they can tell you that in a heartbeat. The spec numbers in Arkansas, man, are thriving over the last five years. Has made a jump, a huge jump. And hey, I ain't got I ain't got no problem with it because I'm telling you right now, they're probably one of the most fun geese to hunt. Um, oh no doubt. Oh man, at, I mean, nothing better are, shooting specs. They are fun to hunt, and they work like a mallard duck, if you ask me. It. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, there's definitely something going on. Um, for me, from my standpoint, uh, I really don't know, uh, what, what's going on, but you know, you see all these ducks going different places than they used to. Um, but I think one thing the geese have figured out, uh, especially the snows and specs, because whether we got cold fronts or cold weather or not, specs are showing up earlier and earlier and earlier every year. And one thing that'll tell you is they know there's food here and they're trying to beat the snows and oh, once yeah. the snows get there. They know they've got to eat with them and they don't, uh, they don't like it early season, but once they start mixing, I mean, they'll, they'll stay that way. But, um, one thing I've seen is, is they just show up earlier and earlier. Like this year, we got a text group that we all chatty and then with the God service and they're sending pictures in like early October and in late September going, their specs showing up and we're like, huh? Like, already? <laughs> I mean, it, it just it blows your mind, man. The year before it was just a little later than it was this year, and the year before it was a little later than it was this this last year. So I mean, every year something changes. Uh, like I said, I don't know what it is. I know we've definitely lost our um, mallard duck numbers, whether they say we have or not. We definitely have. Um, and I have some buddies in Oklahoma, and and so do you, I know. And man, they are pounding them greenheads over there. And oh yeah, every it, day. It's, it's really. Um, mind-boggling but because you can't really i don't know you can't really you can't really see it in the couple years time but in the in a 10-year span you can really see it uh the change going on it ain't like we're not shooting ducks here in arkansas anymore we're still killing big numbers of ducks but our mallard numbers are if you ask me they're they're going down um on killing ducks in the timber or anywhere really um because you getting we're getting a lot more gadwalls and and widgeon and and stuff like that from what I'm seeing, um, lots of teal. 
lots of them. Oh man, um, uh, unreal amount of teal. And I, it's interesting you said wedgeons because you know three years ago, finally killed my first one, and we were like, man, that was wild. Just shot a wedgeon in the woods. Yeah. And then, and then the next year, ended up shooting a few more, and I was like, all right, that's that's pretty cool. Maybe we're just getting lucky. And then last year we ended up shooting a handful of them, and I was like this doesn't seem right. I mean, I'm excited about it. It just, it's, it's not normal to me yet. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's, that's something too, you know, that's a bird growing up. I was always like, Oh, that's a West at West bird. You know, that's a bird that sticks out in the, in the, the, uh, the West and the plains and the dry country and all that. And then, man, it makes you wonder, you know, if some they get to Kansas and North Dakota and say, well, let's just, Let's just switch. Y'all mallards go this way, and we'll go to Arkansas this time. I don't know what's going on, but, I mean, we're definitely shooting more and more of those. The pintails haven't changed. Um, some people may say they're seeing more, and and some people may say they're seeing less, but we're shooting pintails. I mean, I, we shot pintails all last week. I mean, not lots and lots of them, but, um, but the pintails are showing up heavy before season. I mean – Two weeks, three weeks before season, there's a lot of pintails around. And really, man, we we killed one pintail off our place all year. Really, last year, I I never. I'm seen telling you, I saying it's mind boggling on the thing because it just really it, it's confusing because you would think the mallards would keep coming here, and it may be part of pressure, it may be part of, I mean, it could be anything, but it's crazy how some of the western ducks are coming here. And some of the our ducks that we had were going; they're going to Oklahoma and Texas and and all those states. So, which they always are really going over that way. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with uh, the season changing next year. You know, I, I'm curious. You know, pushing it back a week if if that's really going to change much. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Man, all, man, all that's going to do is hurt the. That's going to hurt the anticipation we're gonna be anticipating it so. oh man <laughs> oh my gosh it's gonna be oh it's gonna be terrible we're gonna be in so ready to hunt it's gonna be oh it's gonna be terrible it's gonna yeah. burn me up oh man yeah it's it's gonna be tough i don't know what they're trying to solve with that i really don't um on my, if on my side of it um i don't think it's gonna make any difference there's a lot more things uh in arkansas by rules that could have been could be done better than just changing seasons uh, if anything, it should be done um, at the end of season, adding on to season, if anything. Um, I'd rather start late and add on to the end of season and do it that way because a lot of our ducks show up after January or at the end of January. Um, and I don't know. It don't it don't make no sense to me, but I don't know. We ain't the ones in charge, I guess. So. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it's a little bit above my pay grade. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to solve by it, but I don't figure they're going to solve much. One week ain't going to make no difference. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think everybody everybody that voted for it is going to be so mad at themselves and that it'll go for a vote again. And then next, the, you know, the year after, they're like, all right, let's, let's bring it back. That, was, that might not have been the best move. Yeah, because, I mean, here's what you're going to run into. And then we ran into it before. You're going to run into the situation where we get that first really big push of ducks. And it always ends up happening by luck, maybe, or by just by chance. It always ends up happening the first week of season. We get a good push either a week before season or two weeks before season, and they stay. And what's going to happen is is we're going to get a push between the week that they took us off and we're going to get a push, and then all our ducks are going to leave like what they did <laughs> this last week. 
And then we're not going to have no ducks to shoot. And, yeah, it's going to be – I don't know. It's going to be – do. I think it's going to do more harm than good, in my opinion. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I guess we'll see. <laughs> it's yeah, going to harm get... me, I can tell you that right now, because I'm going to be wanting to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to roll with the punches on that one. Right. To see how it goes. I was curious to give back to, you know, conservation efforts and, you know, waterfowl. But, man, a lot of things that – that we've done uh that i've seen them do is they'll leave they'll leave fields that are usually you know you would drain um there's a few farmers that'll let us keep fields open to where the the ducks can sit and they'll hold the levees until after the ducks leave and let them you know let them have places they can eat and, and hang out and whatnot and really mainly we just create wetlands for them to stay at and and places for them to stay at and eat and and just do what they do do what ducks do but I mean, I was gonna it helps with imprinting too. You know, on on their flight back, if you got food and water, you know that's only gonna help imprint them. Exactly, exactly. It'll help them hold hold there and remember that when they come. Yeah, well, it's it's tough, man. And I I'm not gonna say the area is because I don't want to point at anybody directly. But man, you you see it just as much as I do. As soon as the- he had me there every weekend practicing running routines and messing with me and joking with me and giving me crap, man, that man was, a, he was a big influence in, in my life, just like he was many others. Um, they, they lost a big, a big touch to their place when they lost him. Um, and I, and I will say it, it kind of downed me a little bit. Uh, once he got, once he got going and he passed on, um, I kind of quit the main stage deal. And that's when I started dabbling into the cut downs because he didn't like, he didn't like him cut downs. He said, if, Man, you you can't blow a routine and blow a cut down. You you can't blow them the same. You, you ain't gonna be near as good as what you can be if you're blowing both. He said you're gonna get confused because I love the mondo. So it was um, it man, it it was cool. But long story short, that's that's how I got into it is just walking up in there and man, they take they take anybody that that they thought that they could train up. They they do it. That's they, pretty cool. Heartbeat. So your your first competition, how do you do? Oh, I got my butt beat, just like he said I would. <laughs> and I thought I, I thought I sounded good, but man, it's it's one of those deals. You're stepping up there with some big dogs, um, and you know I started a little bit late. You know, he always told me he said, "Man, if I'd have had you a couple years earlier, he said you'd have probably won worlds, youth worlds." He said because you you got the talent, man. He said, but man, you're fitting to stick up up in the big leagues, and you're fitting to get beat by the big dogs. He said for a long time he said so get used to losing <laughs> i was like dang that's great i mean I, I think i started with him when i was like uh, i want to say I, I was 13 and i didn't enter my first contest till i was like 14 and i think the cutoffs 15 or something like that in the youth and um he's like man i'm telling you if i had you two or three more years before now he said i would have had you ready you'd have probably got closer one worlds and youth worlds i was like well, shoot. I mean, that kind of sucks, but it is what it is. But and I got, I got up there and I did pretty well actually my first contest. But I mean, I got beat. Um, but the next year that I came back in youth, uh, I placed. I think I placed top five that year. Um, but it, man, you know, it was nothing like it was nothing like it really because you know it was a whole different world to me getting in front of, getting in front of that many people, and and doing that and. You know, like you said, he's always like, well, behind, hide behind your uh, sunglasses. Wear them sunglasses. Hide behind them. You're the only one there. You're the only one there. Just kill ducks. 
So <laughs> he would always be like, just call the ducks in, work the routine, follow the routine, just act like you're in the woods, just a little bit higher pitched. <laughs> so, yeah. so how, so you did the, uh, you were in the world championship this year, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. How, how'd that go? Tell me, you know, Man, I know it was raining a little bit and all it, that. And... Leading up, leading up to it. Um, I got I got with uh, Gordon Bragg, and I knew, man, I knew when I got with Gordon, he was going to really push me and help me out a lot. Um, first year, first year, I was, I did it. Um, I, I did, I did okay. And just every year, it seemed like every year I'd start placing, placing a little bit better, placing a little better, making second round, making the third round, and I was, I would always consistently make the second or make the third, and I was like, well, maybe next year. And then two years ago, um, in Worlds, I got uh sixth in in the worlds and i was like well all right now we're now we're getting there i had a call off with um some of the greatest man you know you're you're talking daniel duke and and some of the big dogs up there i was i was up with them and i was like all right now this is getting this is getting interesting and uh then last year you know i was nervous leading into it and a bunch of boys showed up because it was at little rock at the the big expo center and uh Man, I was I was blessed enough to come in uh, third runner up uh, behind Byron Womack. He's a good he's a good buddy. Um, he's a good friend. He's he's a, he's a heck of a duck caller. Um, and um, a few others, uh, Kyle Jones. He was up in the top five with us. Uh, man, it it was a blessing. It's a blessing to talk, come in top five with some of the probably the best forty or fifty duck callers, duck cut down duck callers in the world. You know what I mean? And you place top 10 in any of those things and, and it's a blessing. So, I mean, it's anybody's game at any point. You just hit the right notes, but, um, man, it, I feel like every year I'm getting closer and closer. So maybe here soon in the next couple of years, it'll be my turn. So. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, do you ever get a chance to compete against Hunter? Uh, Hunter who? Drowns. Uh, man, I did not. No, I never uh, did. No. Man, li- listen to some old podcasts with him and it, man, it, crazy story but i mean that once i heard all that man there's a lot that goes into it i mean going over your routine turning your call just right i mean practicing in different environments to make the sound exactly how you have it played out in your head there's a lot that goes into it that people don't think about man there there is because i will say one thing you know that expo um and a lot of people if they have it again this year a lot of people will probably practice up a little different um I like practicing and I'm kind of the same way I'll practice outside or I'll practice on the porch or I'll practice inside or I'll practice in some of the shop buildings that we do. I'll practice in them. So I got a lot of echo and I can hear myself cause I like back feet. And, um, that's one thing that come into hand, come in handy for me is when I got there, I was like, is this thing going to be that echo? And they're like, dude, it echoes so bad. I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is my playing field now. I like this. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was kind of a trick for a bunch of people because, you know, you get in there and it is loud, man. I'm talking, dude, if there was ducks around, they would be coming in there. They, I mean, you could hear it from a long ways, I'm sure. Um, it was it was insane, but you're right. You're absolutely right about that. It, it's a, There's a lot that leads into it. Um, I've done my part in helping a few boys learn how to call and um, this and that. But, man, they just really don't know how much it really takes. I mean, that call – was my that call was my girlfriend for a long time in order for me to get to work <laughs> out of him. And yeah. in, in a lot of a lot of the great callers that are that are better than me will tell you that right now. I mean it, your call has to be your right hand man for a long time. 
Oh, it's got to be dialed in just right. Absolutely. And you better not touch that joker before the contest because I've learned my lesson there too. (laughs) (laughs) Do not touch it. If it sounds good the week of, do not touch it because it will bite you in the butt. Yeah, I was going to say Seth Fields, he's the one that won it this year, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, he is. Old Tennessee boy. Yeah, that was well deserving, man. He's a he's a great he's a great dude. I've known him for a while. Calling in these competitions, he's a hard worker, and man, that's what it takes. And yeah. you know, he's a lot like a lot of us. And you know, it's one of those things that happens in due time. A lot of times, yeah. you got to earn your keep, and and it's it's like all of a sudden you earn your keep, and it's like oh, here it is. I think I told you I was talking to Trevor and Jess last night, and he I was like, what can I ask Mason? You know, I I know y'all hunted together a few times and all that. I was like, what. What's something you guys have wanted to ask him? And uh, the question Trevor wanted me to throw out there is, uh, he said the last time y'all were hunting together, I guess maybe it was in Kansas or Arkansas, I can't remember wherever he said, but he was saying that you were finding different cadences on on your calls. Like throughout the hunt, you were like, wait a minute, I just picked up a new note. How does that happen? (laughs) Yeah, that's a funny story because, man, I was like I was telling you earlier, you know, I've really been only running my own spec feed um, really this year or, or spec groups this year. I've uh, been helping out the last couple of years, and man, if you ain't if you ain't learned on a spec call, it ain't something for the weak heart. Let me just tell you right now, I'm a I I, I think of myself as a pretty decent duck caller, and I learned I learned things pretty quick on a duck call. But holy moly, that's another ball game. I mean, the cadences and the clucks and the double clucks and the triples and the dude, it is the growls and the and the and the gurgle it is crazy bunch of crazy stuff and kind of the way I'm learning is, is I'm going with some of our guides that are really well at calling. And one of them is Tyler Fontenot. He's from Louisiana. And, man, that sucker can do some things on that, that spec call. And, you know, I, I watch them and I listen to the way they're doing it, and I just kind of mimic them. And whether I'm calling with them or not during the during the hunt or if I am, I don't try. To, but that's one thing I picked up. We were I was working a group of uh, tar belly. It was beautiful, beautiful spec. Um and I was sitting there and I was working that call. I was, widow, 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 widow. And there's a growl, like a low growl. You just, and it's just kind of an aggressive beat or an aggressive growl. And I just was going to try it. I was like, you know, heck, I'm going to try it. I'm going to throw it out there. He's leaving. Let me see if I can get him back. And it worked. I was like, I just picked up a new, I just picked up a new cadence. Like, just like that. They're like, that's crazy. We heard you do that all day. I'm like, maybe that'll keep coming like this. Hell. And then he come right back, right back around, cupped up. Came right in and we shot him and he was like black from the tail up. I was like, "That's awesome!" Heck yeah! So, I hope one of them's getting mounted actually because I I shot one last year that's actually going to get mounted. Oh, he's man, he's got quite the collection of mounts. I mean, he's, <laughs> every time he sends me a Snapchat, I'm like, "Dude, how many mounts do you have?" Oh, I know. It's, it's hey, I wish I could spend that much money on mounts, but man, my wife would kill me. <laughs> yeah, so would mine. <laughs> Oh well, Mason, give me uh, what's been your best hunt so far? Your your best hunting story, not best hunt. Man, that's another hard story because I've got a, I have a lot of them. I can put a couple together because I can't leave them all out. That's the bad part. Um, man, I I cut my. I'll, I'll start with earlier in my hunting career. Um, before I started guiding, I cut my teeth in Bayou Meadow just like a lot of boys did. Um, I hunted and. I was blessed enough to grow up around a bunch of boys that were really um, influenced into getting some youths out in the woods. And once I started competition calling, they really took to me because they were like, well, heck, we can, we can set our calls down sometimes. And 
Um, you know, that's one thing I miss about it is, you know, some of those days back, back, back when, you know, it still happens now, but man, back then in Bayou Meadow, it just seems like it's changed big time. Um, there was days we would land 70, 80, 100 green in a hole and holy moly, shoot, man, it is it, some of the crazy. I can tell you that right now. There's things I, I won't never forget. I remember a hunt we had uh, a little bit north of Thunderdome and there's a long hole in there. Uh, a lot of people know of it and I don't even have to say it. And they, uh, we was waiting, had a big group working. You could tell they were fresh ducks. They were, they were like, they're coming. They're going to come. Everybody's going to leave. Everybody's going to get tired of working them and calling at them. They're going to end up, they're going to end up messing up. Eventually I'm like, you know, I'm over here. I'm young. I'm like, ah, shoot. Surely not. I'll be dang about, you know, hour and a half before we got to get out of there. Then birds come back around. We're working them. We're working them. We're working them. He's like, they're fixing to do it. Like, no doubt they're fixing to do it. And sure enough, they made a big swing. And by now, everybody's about letting all 60 to 80 of them mallards dumped in that hole. And, then, man, there ain't no more. There ain't a site that you can compare to something like that. I mean, no, they all man, filed that's... in <laughs> one by one, feet down over the trees, and we ate their lunch up. And it was we – were, we were like, all right, we got to leave on that one. That is a dang good one. Um, and then, man, since I've been at Arco, there's been – countless of hunts jess will probably tell you about one of them because it was just off a whim um chad called me and said man nobody's around he said you got the you got the pick of the draw he said we're gonna take some kids over here to this hole and he said man you got the you got the hunt anything you want to over here i was like really he's like where you won't go i'm like you're blind he's like okay <laughs> sounds good and uh jess was coming into town and i said hey jess i need a i need a a dog in the morning he's like okay he said i'm actually about to come through there he's, i said stay up there at the hotel and i said i'll come get you in the morning and um actually had some boys from fayetteville that's never shot ducks before every one of them been shooting skeet all week long super excited to be there and they're like oh man we've been shooting skeet we're pumped we're super pumped i was like man it's hot dude i mean i bet it felt i mean jess will tell you it felt just like it does outside right now it was foggy oh, yeah. misty 60 something degrees day before I think it was day after day after Christmas. Actually, it was the day it opened back up, and um, we get in there, and there you can hear ducks everywhere. I'm like, I'm looking down at Jess, and Jess looking down at me, and he goes, "Oh man, this might get good." I said, "Yes." <laughs> Everybody loaded their guns, and before shooting time, man, there was mallards, gadwalls, teal. There was ducks all over the place. They were hitting, almost hitting the blind, coming over the blind. I'm like. Guys, I'm glad y'all shot skeet because this is fixing to get wild. <laughs> and our first group, man, was probably 30 or 40 green wings. And from then, it was just a roller coaster. I mean, it was one group after the next, green wing teal, few uh, few ring necks. And then after about 8 o'clock, after we'd done, we'd done really built the strap up about 20 or, 20 or 25 deep, uh, we could shoot. We could shoot seven or eight limits that morning. Um, and after we'd done built up about 20 or 30, the mallards started coming about 8.30. I was like, oh, man, this is about to get dirty. And, man, we started working big, big wads of mallards and gadwalls and finishing at 15 yards. And it was just every time they, they would come down and I'd call the shot, it was, it was rain out. And I was like, oh, man. These right here are the days that, that you live for right here. 
and everybody else is sitting at home like, God, I wish I could have been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that sounds awesome. Man, it, it, it is. Every time I see Jesse, he's like, man, that hunt, though. I'm like, oh, I know. It was awesome. It was fast <laughs> and furious. It don't get no better. Not for an um, Arkansas hunt. We had a little bit of everything. We killed pintails, widgeons, teal, everything you can think about. But, and man, there's been countless many more. I know I'm forgetting a bunch, but there's been speck hunts, you know, um, speck and snow feeds. There was a speck and snow feed last year. Uh, I um, come down to help help Fisher. Me and him's, me and him's a young guys. Uh, not anymore, but uh, he was one of the young guys, and I am too. Um, and we had a feed that had they had been watching and they're like y'all guys are going y'all are going to mess them up and we're like really he's like i'm telling you it's 10 15 thousand deep and they will not leave the field we're like oh well it's ought to be good then we went out there that evening and and Corey was actually with us that evening that evening and uh we limited out uh 10 or 12 spec limits and shoot 30 minutes no and we're like man this is crazy and they're like well the ducks ain't really doing really good y'all go shoot them again in the morning we're like you think they'll be there like oh yeah y'all didn't even put a dent in them half of them didn't even come we're like oh yeah let's go back so i was like i called my wife i was like i'm staying one more day i'm i'm staying and me and fisher went in there the next morning and ended up shooting 72 the next morning by nine o'clock and no kidding holy crap man the snows came with the specs we finished our specs we finished our spec limit like an hour and a half in. And what we were doing was is we was working the specs and the specs were killing the snows. Them specs would lock up to our decoys and they'd all come down. We'd let the about 10 or 15 specs get past us. Shoot white, shoot white. And there'd just be <laughs> freaking snows falling everywhere. And man, it it went from zero to a hundred very, very fast once some snow started coming. And well, man, one and, of these days, hopefully I can get a, uh, a book of hunt out there out there that'd be awesome absolutely man i'm telling you it we we have we have probably some of the best hunting around there i mean obviously we don't have no big private timber holes and in, in a big club like that but man all around if you want to come on a damn good hunt and you want to get on ducks and you want to have a good guide good reputable guide we're the ones to choose you know and i might be biased i might be talking about us talking us up but Man, I ain't heard very many bad words about us, and we try to take care of everybody. You know, if, if there's a bad hunt that goes down, we try and make it up to you, and um, we try our best to make it happen. And I can tell you right now, if I'm in the blind, I'm going to give you 110% every time, whether I'm sick or if I'm not. So it's it, it's something I'm I'm sick for, it, and, and my deal is is you pay your money, you pay good money to come, I'm going to put on a show for you. So Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, how do uh, – if somebody wants to book a hunt out there, we're – what website or any of that man anybody that wants to book a hunt uh you can get with me um you can go to my instagram page at uh chaos outdoor or mason norman on facebook um also have a tiktok that's uh chaos outdoors too um you can go to chad lloyd or arkansas county uh com. Um, we actually have openings for January. Um, we're a few, we're spotty in December. We can, we can fill a few holes in December. Um, but, but man, really, if, if you get with me, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction and I'll try and get you booked cause I, I, I like booking it up. So. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put all your, uh, contacts too in the, uh, bio for this and anybody wants to book a hunt, hopefully I can make it easy on them. 
Absolutely. No, I, I, I agree with you completely on that one. I'm I'm down for anything. Anybody wants to come give me a shout, I'll I'll talk it out with you. So heck yeah. Well man, I, Mason, I appreciate having you on tonight. This that was awesome hearing some of the stuff and you came highly recommended from uh Jess and Trevor and all those guys and I'm excited to have you on. Yes, sir. Hey, one more thing one more thing I wanna to mention too. Uh, I know we talked about covering and I think we kinda of got off track. I actually help out with uh, bragging rights. I was telling you about. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Gordon Gordon Bragg, um, new up and he's an up and comer in the duck call world. He's been doing it for about five or six years now. Um, he's helped me, like I said earlier. He's helped me get where I am, and man, I got to give him a shout out because, man, the the man is really he's really made me and Cody Shaw. Um, a lot of people know Cody Shaw too, and he's a part of the Drake family with us as well. Um, and he uh, he is really you know let us put our two cents into things and we have built some calls now that you know they're affordable they're they're the bang for your buck man and let me tell you right now you can ask jess todd and and uh you can ask your buddy trevor how that sucker sounded last last weekend they were there with me <laughs> oh yeah i was gonna and, say and, i saw some of your uh stuff on instagram you had some some sound or uh videos you've blown up the call out in your yard man that thing sounds pretty good man it, it is ducky we found out we found a new new uh call line we're gonna run we're gonna we're running our new uh round hole and man it is it is ducky as all get out and i can tell you right now it'll be with me on the main stage next year so that's if awesome it keeps, if it Looking keeps it up <laughs> oh absolutely i am too because I'm, I'm coming with a vengeance <laughs> hey, speak, speaking of drake by the way so you said uh is being on part of Drake, is that a new development? or Yes, sir. On- yeah, it is. A dude from Drake reached out to me, and I said, man, how do I get involved in this stuff? You know, I, this has been a dream of mine since I was young to, you know, be a part of this this company. And he's like, man, I was just about to ask you the same thing. He said, I can get you started. So, and I thank him. Yeah. I thank him for getting me on. And, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it worthwhile. I can tell you that right now. He said, man, he said, I seen you. And I said, man, we got to have him. And I was like, well. I'll make you. I'll make it worth it. You gonna stretch out for me? I'll. I'll, I'll stretch my arm out for you too. So, Man, I, I I've been the best I can. I've been with Drake for several year, years now. I love it. I, I'm super excited about the future. Uh, having Absolutely. Jimbo on here now, man. We. I think we're about to blow it out of the wall. Absolutely, I'm on the same page with you, man. They have changed the. They have changed the ball game and some of their, their stuff. You know, in the last couple of years. Um, with all these new Drake or all these new waiters coming out and shins and the bandits and the and all these others, um, people have kind of gotten away from Drake in the last couple of years just because you know there's all these new companies and Drake hasn't really changed a whole lot until Jimbo came, and it seems like the year before Jimbo came and the year after it's really changed a lot and you know they're up in their game and the and the waterproof equipment and their and their they're waiters. I got the new T zips and they are Oh me phenomenal. too, man. I'm loving holy them. moly, they are phenomenal. They're just like shins. I mean, and you're and you're paying half the price. So I mean it's it, it's awesome. I mean, and oh. they they're comfortable and and they're oh. affordable, first of all. <laughs> only downside and it's just it's only a matter of time. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not down in it too much. Only downside is the new ones don't have the removable insulation. Yeah, I've had them on this summer during a work weekend. Man, I was sweating bullets, but yeah, yeah, I was still dry. That's, so that's I'll give it that. Come, I believe. I think you're on the same page with me. I think that's something that's going to come. I think it was kind of one of those deals. They're going to say, "Hey, let's see how these runs go, and if they go well, we'll start putting in the the high class stuff." And so, oh, yeah. 
and and I think I think Drake's fixing to come a long ways in the next couple of years. I've been everybody's been like, well, how do you like their stuff? Blah blah blah. And you know, I've got all these rain jackets and whatnot now, and um, hats and shirts and all this, and especially their waiters. And I'm like, I'm telling you, man, you know, don't sleep on them because no, they're, they're fixing to make not. something happen in the next couple of years. And you know, a couple of us Drake guys, we know some stuff that's coming up, and and it's gonna get, man, it's gonna get good. It's oh good. yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I am too, absolutely excited. Well, uh, well, Mason, holler me later on this weekend. Let me know how you guys do. I'll do the same for you, and hope y'all shoot some. Yes, sir, man. Hey, I really appreciate you letting me on. You know, I hope we can get on here and chat again sometime. And and like I said, anybody that wants to book a hunt, uh, give me a shout, or he'll put the links below, and even a call. I can get you a call hooked up if you have any calling tips, need some calling tips or whatever. You know, I ain't the best, absolutely, absolutely not. But you know, I can help you out any way I can, and you know, everybody's got to learn somehow. So. Um, Heck yeah! I try to do the best I can. You know, youth, youth's what our, that's what our future's holding. And a lot of the youth nowadays don't really care much for it. So we got to start trying our hardest to get some more into it. So no doubt about that. Couldn't have said it better myself. Excellent. Absolutely, man. If I, if I didn't grow up the way I did, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I, and I thank God. Well, awesome, man. Well, Mason, thanks again. And hope you guys have a good night. Yes, sir, man. Like I said, I, I appreciate <laughs> you having me on and I hope y'all have a good, good shoot this weekend. Yes, sir. You too. Well, thanks again. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. See you, Mason. All right. See you, man. All right.